Where did the structures inside cells come from? Welcome to Critical Thinking Scan, where we look at how you can think about any face-challenging message and arrive at a biblical, logical conclusion yourself. I'm Patricia Engler, and today let's unpack the textbook story of how complex cells supposedly evolved from simpler ones. The cells considered most complex, like animal, plant, and fungal cells, are called eukaryotic, while bacteria and single-celled organisms called archaea are known as prokaryotic. Eukaryotic cells store most of their DNA in a nucleus, but prokaryotes lack a nucleus and other structures including mitochondria, which is where energy is produced in the cell, and chloroplasts. That's where photosynthetic organisms make their sugars from sunlight. Textbooks say that mitochondria and chloroplasts were once prokaryotic cells themselves, like algae or bacteria, which a larger cell engulfed. The engulfed hostage cells supposedly provided sugar for their host, transferred most of their DNA into the host's genome, and eventually became the mitochondria and chloroplasts we see in cells today. Known as endosymbiosis, this is the most popular story for eukaryotic cell origins. But is it true? Let's think about it. With critical thinking check number six, check the interpretations. First of all, what's the observational science? Facts we can observe in the present, which textbooks call evidence for endosymbiosis, include the observation that, like bacteria, mitochondria and chloroplasts contain circular DNA without non-coding sections called introns. And like prokaryotes, both mitochondria and chloroplasts contain ribosomes, which are like factories in the cell where proteins begin getting assembled. Mitochondria and chloroplasts also divide like bacteria. They're about the same size as bacteria, and they have membranes around them like they might if they'd been engulfed by another cell. Furthermore, genes can move between a cell's nucleus and mitochondria or chloroplasts through a process called horizontal gene transfer. So, those are some observations. What's the historical science? The story about the past states that these observations show that mitochondria and chloroplasts evolved from cells engulfed by eukaryotes' ancestor. What are some assumptions there? The textbook admitted, The mechanism of gene transfer from the endosymbiont or hostage to the nucleus of the host is unknown, but we know it happens. But getting to the nucleus is only half the battle. Algal genes that make it to the host nucleus must then be expressed properly. That is, the host genes need proper promoters. They have to be translated if they encode a protein, and the protein must find its way back to the chloroplast, which requires specific targeting sequences in the protein. So there are lots of presumed steps to complete a process that took millions of years, but nevertheless occurred independently on several occasions. See, getting proteins into chloroplasts and mitochondria requires highly specific transport proteins working together. Where did the host cell get the new genetic information to make those transport pathways? Like episode 81 described, mutations don't adequately explain such changes. What about other facts that spell problems for endosymbiosis? As a linked paper documents, the ribosomes of prokaryotes and mitochondria, especially in mammal cells, have significant differences, including the ratios of RNA and proteins they contain, positions of surface proteins, and the locations, quantities, structures, and makeup of several connection points between the ribosome subunits. The RNA in prokaryote and mitochondrial ribosomes are also so different, the sequences can't even be properly aligned. Where did all those differences come from? 
especially given that ribosome mutations often come at a price, affecting every protein the ribosomes help produce. An evolutionary paper from 2020 pointed out many other problems with endosymbiosis, observing Proteomic and protein fold analyses are not fully supportive of the standard prokaryotic endosymbiosis model. And it also added, current models provide limited insight into how the emerging eukaryotes traversed the immensely complex network of linked structural and functional transitions that must occur in lockstep for prokaryotic endosymbiotic partnerships to give rise to nucleated cells. Among other issues, it noted that past or present existence of precursor eukaryotes without mitochondria and examples of bacterial hostages inside eukaryotes supposed ancestors have yet to be demonstrated. It added, There seems to be no example of horizontal gene transfer alone transforming an archaeal or bacterial species into anything other than modified archaea or modified bacteria. Given such issues, the paper suggested that multiple prokaryotes got together outside a cell and arranged themselves into a eukaryotic organism, an idea that clearly makes its own major leaps of faith. A biblical worldview, however, requires no such hypothesis, but interprets prokaryotes and eukaryotes with all their similarities and differences as intentional designs. For more on how to think critically about faith-challenging messages, you can access my other CT scan episodes packed with tactics, tips, and tools that helped me as a Christian student at Secular University. Thank you for watching.